Hello, and welcome to Imagination Overtime. This is the show where adult siblings rewatch the cartoons they loved as children and decide were they really as awesome as they seemed, or were our imaginations working overtime to make up for all the ridiculous plots, terrible animation, bizarre, illogical things that just defy any sense of reality? Or maybe they were great. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, they're both great and terrible at the same time, I think. Exactly. They can be both. Yeah. Life is full of complexity. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm Val, and this, with me as always, is my older brother, Chris. That's me. <laughs> um, so we were born... In the late 70s, so we were watching cartoons in the 80s. So if you're younger than us, maybe you just don't care about any of this. And guess what? That's okay. I was going to say, guess what? I don't care about you, but that seemed too mean, so I changed it. <laughs> oh, wow. But then it wasn't as funny. No. We'll cut that out. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, millennials and Gen Z. <laughs> but maybe you still are interested uh, maybe you're sad that, I don't know, were the cartoons in the 90s or early 2000s any better than this? Nobody knows. We stopped watching. No, who knows? We didn't get the Cartoon Network, so. Yeah. We had no idea. Like Pokemon. Was that better than Rainbow Bright or the same? Probably the same, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's cut all this out. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, so today's episode, we are watching Inhumanoids, and is this the like very first episode yes in humanoids episode one the season evil one was in part one it's actually continued but i think we'll just do the first part yeah there's a lot to dissect i watched this episode uh early in the morning on a go bus and i'm not a morning person so i was pretty out of it so it felt like a fever dream <laughs> there's a lot about it that i didn't understand <laughs> So maybe you can explain. So there's these men who are wearing giant robot outfits. Yeah, like exoskeletons or something. They're it, giant metal suits. Did, and they invented these metal suits? Yeah, they're engineers or scientists. So okay. They invented these to go deep into the earth somehow. Okay. Is that explained in the theme song? I don't think or so. Or you're just supposed to catch on? The show just starts, and you're just like, okay, they're scientists, and they're wearing these suits, so I assume they made them. I think so, yeah. You just assume <laughs> that's how they got them. Well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's like, don't spell it out for us. Give us some credit. We can figure it out. Exactly. We're seven years we old. We need it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, from the title, in Humanoids, I was like, okay, here we go. These, The heroes of this will be sort of mutants of some kind, but instead mm. they were just men in exoskeletons. I feel like... It should maybe be called Ex Exo-Men or something, um, but that's a little too much like X-Men, but uh, this is just off the top of my head. There was a show called Exo-Squad. Oh, was there? Yeah. Okay, maybe they maybe ran out of ideas. But it, are the Inhumanoids referring to the bad guys that they fight? The Inhumanoids are the bad guys in this case. Uh, okay. So that's a good point. I don't know if there are too many shows with the bad guys. The bad yeah, guys that seems first, unusual. First billing. That's like calling G.I. Joe Cobra. Cobra. Mm -hmm. They don't do that. Rainbow Bright calling it, what were those bad guys' names? Uh, Murky and Lurky. Murky and Lurky. <laughs> Whose side are we on? Mm -hmm. But I guess, are the Inhumanoids, is that aspect of it what they thought kids would be really interested in? 
I uh, looking back at it now, I assume they, it was a Godzilla uh, type homage. Right. Yeah. So I didn't really understand that when I watched it uh, no. when I was a kid. Even though Ultra, I remember watching Ultraman when I was pretty little. So that's a Godzilla type show. But um, yeah, no, this is appears to be made by Godzilla fans. <laughs> yeah, that thought definitely crossed my mind. <laughs> so I think they, I think that's how they started. They thought a Godzilla show for kids, and then. And then they added the hero, the robot suits, just for f- for for the Transformers and GI Joe right. audience. It's like we need some cool technology in this mm-hmm. as well, so they toss that in. Interesting. All right, so it's like, is there four of them? The four guys in their exosuits, mm-hmm. and they're they each have a specialty. They have a weird naming convention. Convention. Uh, two of them have normal names almost. <laughs> and two of them have bizarre code names, super macho code names. But I learned <laughs> that's where I learned those words from. So they were. It was an educational show. <laughs> what were the words? Well, uh, auger. Oh right. Is a drill. Right. Like a drill to drill into the earth or something, and liquidator, which I always assumed was be to turn shoot things liquid into liquid or oh, something. Shoot liquid. Turn mm. things into liquid. But then later I found it. It's someone who sells. <laughs> at bargain basement prices. That's a little less cool. <laughs> a little less cool. So you used to want to be a liquidator, but then you changed that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you realized what it was. No, yeah. <laughs> um, Auger all the way. That's That one remains cool. That one's the, still the coolest. And they just keep fighting various inhumanoid things, I guess, throughout the show. They, yeah. they dig into the earth and keep uncovering yeah, inhumanoids. We learn the, this whole this whole mythos behind it. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of fun. I do enjoy a, like, we dug this up and it's, what is it? it is it evil? What ancient thing is this? That is very intriguing to mm-hmm. me. A little so, Lovecraftian, yeah. I guess so. I never really read Lovecraft, but. It's just like the mystery of it appeals to me, I guess. I don't know. Or like the mummy yes. say. That was fun. I just watched the mummy for the first time only the a few months ago. <laughs> Tom Cruise or Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser. Ah, uh, good. Yeah. Canadian. Pretty fun. Okay, so when did this air? This was September 21st, 1986. I was seven. You were 10. I was 10. And. Perfect age. <laughs> yeah. And what company made it? It looks like it's a Marvel Sunbow production. So that's cool. Marvel. Marvel. It was always amazing seeing Spider-Man at the end of every Marvel show. (laughs) That was the best animated Spider-Man we got back then. (laughs) And it was animated by Toei Animation, who did uh, Sailor Moon and... Dragon Ball? Dragon Ball. A little show called Dragon Ball. So uh, these are heavy hitters. I had no idea it was uh, big, big companies. I always thought it was like some... Yeah. Weird independent thing. Yeah, that's kind of what I would have guessed. But I guess maybe this was one of their, I mean, it was earlier than those other shows. So they were building up to it. Yeah, they were just seeing whatever, whatever worked, seeing what could work. And it was originally aired in short uh, little episodes, uh, six to seven minute shorts with Gem and the holograms and Bigfoot and the muscle machines. In something called robotics, which I don't remember at all. But I do remember Bigfoot, the, the monster truck Bigfoot, and Gem, of course. Of course. I'm sure we'll review a lot of Gem. I can't wait. It'll be amazing. <laughs> it was in six to seven minute chunks? or f- Yeah, it would show, you'd see a little bit of Bigfoot and then a little bit of Inhumanoids. Oh, wow. I remember this being on Sunday, so we missed a lot of them thanks to church. Oh, 
just awful. It was, yes. <laughs> it was just terrible. The best day was uh, the daylight savings day when all the clocks would change and we'd sleep in and miss church. Uh, and that's when we could watch shows like this. Wow. Remember when clocks weren't connected I to I can't imagine a clock anything. that's not connected to a network <laughs> anymore. What a time. And any notable voices? <laughs> Voice actors? There is one huge star. A lot of the other ones were from like Snorks and G.I. Joe, the all-star guy, ah. Michael Bell. He was uh, uh, one of the big ones, but the big one is even bigger than Nancy Cartwright. No, possibly. that's not possible. That's not possible, <laughs> no. He is Richard Sanders, who was Les Nesman in WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, that guy. And he has quite the distinctive voice. I, I was like, who is that guy? Yeah, I had the same reaction. I was like, for sure, this is somebody I've heard before. So, yeah, that was amazing. Oh, I was speaking into the back of the microphone. Oh, yeah. Crap. (laughs) Oh, well, we've only done 11 minutes. (laughs) So Les Les Nesman from WKRB in Cincinnati is one of the voices. He has a super, super high-pitched voice, super dweeby voice. Very dweeby. And he's... He's built like a linebacker, <laughs> like all the other, all the other Earth Core members. Yeah, it, he has the yeah the voice of a nerd hidden in the vo- <laughs> the largest, most masculine <laughs> body. Every ten-year-old nerd's dream, <laughs> as only cartoons can do. <laughs> all right, so let's get into the plot. Do you want to comment on the song first? Oh, right, the song. What did you think of the song? It was saying things, even though I was I was listening through my sleepy, sleepy haze, I was like, wait, what are they saying? It seemed really scary. And I was listening through headphones, and there's this, like, very scary monster voice that, like, chimes in every so often. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Is this just because I'm listening through headphones that I'm, like, really noticing it? But it's... It's even noticeable without headphones. Yeah, it's like the subliminal monster that's behind you or something. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty insane. It's very metal. You got the clean vocals and the harsh vocals. And it's, what are the lyrics? It's saying something like, something's coming from the depths of the earth. Fiery depths within, where nightmares begin. Where nightmares begin. Inhumanoids, inhumanoids. Yeah, it's more horror than by far than any other cartoon. Even though there's plenty of violent cartoons, they're not usually this scary in the same way. They're usually just, you know, where G.I. Joe is like war, but it's very like clean cut. Like we're all being brave, but we're just like fighting sort of other humans. Mainly, yeah. Except for that time Cobra oh, becomes a snake. <laughs> But I think he was, was he a regular human before that? He was a human, yes. Okay. He was once a man. (laughs) Uh, That was pretty scary, though. That was terrifying, yes. Cobra This one is like, yeah, it's mentioning nightmares, and it feels like a nightmare. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, it must have been something that, like, some kids were craving. Like, obviously, I grew up to really like horror. You grew up to really like horror. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was. was a good move, but... Within us. Yeah, my first thought was, like, this seems terrifying. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really surprised that I could watch it as a kid, because I was scared of everything. But really? 
didn't scare me. Hmm. Must have been the robot suits. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be scared when a guy, seven foot guy in a giant robot suit is. That's true. Around. You're like, they'll be okay. If nothing else, they can just like pull their arms and their head inside the suit and just exactly. <laughs> curl they up in a ball. That's what I would have done. Um, all right. And so all right. What do we, we open on, we're in a forest, I think. Oh, Big Sur National Forest. Big Sur. Which I had no idea where that was. That could have been a good uh, geography lesson, which is in California near... Near San Francisco? San Francisco, apparently, yeah. I just went to San Francisco. Whoa, was that Alice in Wonderland? It looks like Alice in Wonderland, yeah. <laughs> just noticing in the credit sequence, <laughs> Alice in Wonderland <laughs> was, was that just a little like, did she appear like an, later, I you think? I think it's an Easter egg, yeah. I think okay. it's, uh, it'll be in a later episode, though. Ooh, that's it probably cool. went way over our heads as a kids, but her parents were probably laughing. Yeah. Um, so we open with, we've got a reporter in a helicopter. She's reporting on that they've discovered something in Big Sur National Park. It's something trapped in amber. No one knows what it is. We see one of the men in his giant suit. She does not comment on the giant suit. She does not question, why are you, are you sir, in this giant suit? Oh, and then the tree above them has hands. Its branches turn into hands that are moving. Mm-hmm. And then the tree falls over on them. And the man in the big suit saves the female reporter, of course, because women need saving all the time. All the time. And then they just kind of pop out of the trees and they're like, well, anyways, back to you in the newsroom. They don't. They're, they're <laughs> not that scared. They just almost died. Yeah. He does look like April O'Neil, kind of. Maybe it's just that that hairstyle was Maybe like it's the hairstyle. popular. Maybe it's the 80s hairstyle. And there's something scary in the forest. So. Yes glowing eyes we as the viewers know that something is really something really crazy is happening in this forest and now we cut to another place an oil rig an oil rig rig (laughs) in the desert and one thing i noticed about this animation is got a lot of black shading oh it's very 3d yes a lot of shading and that's actually really cool and i i mean i love that I love that style where the shadows just come out of nowhere. Yeah. There's a light source behind everything. Yeah. <laughs> no matter where. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, the whole show isn't like that. No? Just, just a few close-ups like that. Oh, I was thinking that. Oh, you think it's more shadowy? Than? I think so. More than the average. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that bad guy, his name is Blackthorn. Oh, yeah, he's uh, got an eye patch. Yeah. So you know he's a bad guy. Blackthorn something. Eye patch in a trench coat. Blackthorn Shore. That's a pretty good name for a bad guy. He's like a businessman. He's got a tie. So it's that kind of bad guy, you know? <laughs> like yes. rich bad guy. Oh, yeah. And then they go to a museum. But wait, we just saw a weird tendril. Oh, right, yeah. We sure. saw a little preview of another monster. So we got two monsters coming at you. We're only, what, two minutes in? We got two <laughs> monsters. <laughs> They're getting right to the... Right to the punch. And now we have, what is her position at the city? Is she the mayor or something? I don't know. She just worked for the museum, I forget. Maybe. She's a shore, too, so she's related to that other shore. Oh, I didn't notice that. I think. And they introduce the Earth Corps, Herc and Dr. Bright and Augur and Liquidator. Oh, they're not in their suits right now. They look kind of normal. So they do come out of their suits. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I first watched this, I didn't realize they were the same guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was so sleepy. I had to get up before 7 o'clock. Can you imagine? I cannot imagine, no. What a nightmare. So I, this scene is very King Kong. Yes, it's just like King Kong. They reveal this like thing trapped in amber. 
I was sort of like, this is obvious. It's obviously a T-Rex. Like it looks like a dinosaur. And so they're revealing it to this audience of people, nicely dressed people. They think everything's going to be fine. But guess what? It's not. The monster trapped inside the amber starts to break free. The amber is glowing. They're shaking. People are running. All this screaming, screaming from some mysterious source. (laughs) They're all running. But the scientists are like, don't worry. We're ready to leap into action. And then we see this uh, green tendril monster that we just caught a quick preview of at the oil rig. It is walking across the Golden Gate Bridge and is destroying the Golden Gate Bridge. (laughs) Later, we see the Golden Gate Bridge, and it's fine. fine. (laughs) So they were able to fix it very quickly. It wasn't too serious. Which is good, yeah. Just a few cables. (laughs) So now we're like five minutes in. And it's time for a battle between two monsters. Two monsters and some helicopters. Like, usually you got to wait through a whole two-hour movie before the two monsters fight. Mm. But not with this cartoon. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, I guess it's the first episode, th- so they wanted to hook people, kids, right away and be like, look mm-hmm. at this action. But yes, you're right. Most Godzilla movies, you got to wait till the end. Yeah, it was... Really strange. Once the fight was over, when I watched it the first time, I was like, and credits? And then it (laughs) kept going. I'm like, oh, right. This episode has barely begun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this part was funny. It's somebody says, like, we really need a tissue sample. And Augur is like, that's my job. (laughs) He runs straight for the tendril's foot. Because he, like, has a drill for an arm when he's wearing a suit. Yeah. I don't think he uses that drill, though. I think he has something else. Really? (laughs) So he's not even using his suit. So, yes, uh, the dinosaur is breaking free. All right. Oh, no. Okay. He's using his drill. Good. Yeah. Good. Cuts off a piece of the foot. Makes it angry. Um, He's wearing a purple suit. His suit's a little... They're all weird, but... (laughs) Anyways. And, uh, yeah, I think Liquidator is the yellow guy. Oh, okay. He kind of has, I don't know, kind of looks like Bumblebee or Pac-Man. True. Kind of weird. Got this weird heart-shaped helmet. Oh, interesting, because I feel like they set up a love story with him and that woman who introduced them. Mm-hmm. They might, yeah. Is is that why his helmet is heart-shaped? Because <laughs> he's the love interest? He's a cad. <laughs> um, oh, and I noticed that the cops were shooting uh they and they seemed to have laser guns like their guns were going like pew pew yeah just like gi joe so is this the future no it's it's our time is it like less scary if people are shooting guns if they're just like lasers than if they're bullets uh, they can get past the sensors yeah i wonder if there was like a specific rule oh big time gotta be lasers that go (laughs) pew pew they just like singe the monster a little bit. Yeah, just they... a tiny bit. See, look at all the black shading. Oh, so good, huh? She doesn't have any, but the monster has tons. Oh, yeah, look at him liquidate. Liquidator shoots some liquid at him. At... Yeah, so the dinosaur monster has like a visible rib cage, which is quite scary. Uh-huh, it sure is. <laughs> um, so good, huh? But it is stopped. If you spray goo on its face, it's just like, yeah. raw. Laser it's, guns it's are goo. useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chewy, I don't like it. And uh, is this the scene where it turns out they speak English? The monsters? The monsters speak English, yeah. What do they say? Uh, they call themselves Tendril and Decompose. I forget what they say, but we learn we learn a bit about them. And then we got this big helicopter battle. That's very uh, 
King Kong. Yeah, the helicopter ladder. Classic. Every action cartoon has this scene. And action movie from the 80s. She's pulled up on it. Requires that someone catch on to a rope ladder hung from a... (laughs) She must have... Excellent upper body shape. Yeah, she could be on uh, Ninja Warrior. Yeah. (laughs) She'd pass, no problem. The helicopter gets a big head thrown at it. And the head head. just, like, destroys a building. Like, it looks like it explodes just before it cuts away. It's like, the building's exploding. So a bunch of people died. No one cares. Yeah, no one cares. And they shoot missiles at Decompose. And it goes right through him. Because he's decomposing. I guess, huh? That's his trick. And then they say, no one can survive that, even though it went through them. (laughs) I guess they can't see him very well. I guess they didn't see that, no. The fog of war. (laughs) So, yeah, after this scene, I was just, like, exhausted and ready to... (laughs) The museum is totally (laughs) destroyed. (laughs) Thousands of years of history gone. Yeah, no one cares. No one cares. But now we got to go. The scientists are regrouping. They're checking out. They've got this sample from the tendril monster. Uh, so they can take a look at that. I feel like whatever that joke that they were trying to make there wasn't very funny. <laughs> Is this a doodle or part of the gun? Oh, I think it's a doodle. <laughs> that was Dr. Bright. Yeah, his voice is very strange. <laughs> He's the Egon Spengler of the group. That's what I was thinking. Mm, nice. You got to have one true nerd. So, yeah. Oh, and then he's like, Herc, the main guy, is begging for help from the military. But Oh, he's, he says, they, we think they come from the center of the earth. And they're like, no, they're aliens. No one will believe that they come from the earth. Don't they still need help, though, if they are, even if they are aliens? No. <laughs> Does it matter where they come from the so much? The military has They just destroyed San Francisco. Specific. <laughs> and they're like, no, listen. <laughs> they're not aliens. We don't care. You're on your own, guys. I hope you solve the problem. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then they argue about where they came from. And uh, couple And where of, they went? Were they trying to figure they out? Where they maybe. Uh, they I disappeared so. into the bay, they think? Either the bay or the oil rig or the forest. Liquidator's a bit of a hippie. He wants to check out the vibes in the forest. <laughs> He's got an amazing uh, walkie-talkie scanner thing that blows up. <laughs> That's not a good sign. I liked how they all went off entirely on their own, and then problems befell them all, and I was like, it's too bad they didn't have backup. Like, cops go they, out Too in bad pairs. they split up like a <laughs> yeah. horror movie, huh? Exactly. Geniuses. So out here in the forest, a bunch of tree stumps turned into ghoulish-looking goblin tree goblins. Yeah, tree goblins. <laughs> And they're, like, mad about being cut down, I guess. I think so, So yeah. there's, like, an environmental message there. Mm-hmm. And then this other guy is descending into the earth, again, entirely alone. There's no one minding his, like, rope that he's going down on. No, just, like, a single rope going down miles into the earth. And there's some chains. Someone was chained gigantic up. Something gigantic chains. Gigantic. <laughs> was chained up. Who manufactured those chains? I know, huh? <laughs> Uh-oh. And we see a knife come down on his rope. So somebody is like going to cut him mm-hmm. loose and he's going to fall and die. Or will he? Or will he? And then another guy is out checking out the San Francisco Bay. Oh, wait. These two went in a pair? These two are together, yeah. Smart. So. They're in a su- cool submarine. Very cool. And they're like, did the monsters go out here? Yeah, there's a B-29 bomber down here. And, and they see some footprints. And Oh, <laughs> Those are tuna fish. (laughs) 
don't be too scared. Yeah, then I think they're gonna leave, and then he's like, no, let's go into this cave. Oh, that's very shaded, huh? Yeah. Very noir. Yeah. Yes, they go into this cave, kind of like the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Giant hand swats him away. Guess what? Monsters oh, no. are in the cave. Oh, it's Tendril. He's hugging them to death. He's hugging them. All these sparks and water. And it cuts. <laughs> it looks like they're going to die. And then he says, uh, put on your helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and they grab their giant helmets. The suits, maybe it wasn't until I saw them underwater, but at least one of them that's very rounded really looks like an old-timey diving suit. Yeah, yeah it's uh, kind of like a stovepipe or something, kind of steam steampunk. Yeah, it's a little bit steampunk, mm-hmm. which is an interesting choice. I mean, mm-hmm. they do look cool, though. Yeah, and then they chuck a grenade at Decompose. Was Decompose coming to save them, though? No, they're both bad guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they swim up. So why did they even need the sub? Uh, yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> Maybe their suits get rusted or something. And then they're on a deserted island. It uh, must be Alcatraz? Maybe, maybe? Alcatraz. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this. Well, I happen to know that Alcatraz is, like, not. It's kind of on the other side of the yeah, okay. peninsula. Well, no big deal, I but I went there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, it's possible they swam all the way around there, I guess. Mm. But based on that map they were looking at earlier, it's not really the same. All area. right. Not Alcatraz, just a random deserted jungle island. Yeah. In the middle of the bay. Just off the coast of San Francisco. And then we switch back to uh, Dr. Bright in the... In He's the oil well. Dangling deep in the earth. He just got uh, his cord cut, but they didn't know that he has giant claws on his suit. Um, so he's able to sort of reach out to the s- sides of the <laughs> pit that he's in and break his fall. And then they drop a bomb on him. A giant bomb. And yeah, you might think that would kill him, but guess what? It didn't. <laughs> Useless. I don't know why. They don't dice. really, ex- they, don't, they don't show how he managed to not die when a bomb was dropped on him but he did he's fine yeah he just du- ducks some rocks and if you just duck you're fine and blackthorn is like i gotta find this, the plans for their suits oh did he say that yeah oh. their suits are special somehow it'd be cool if later he builds his own evil suit do you think mm, that'll happen? that'd be sweet yeah might happen a lot of marvel bad guys do that and we are back in the forest with liquidator and uh the weird tree goblins. The tree goblins. Looks like they're going to kill him. This is like the third type of monster now. Mm-hmm. This was overwhelming to me when I watched it. In my sleepy state, I was like, wait, are these ones related to one of the other ones? Mm-hmm. I'm used to cartoons having like one bad guy. You were like a bad guy that's always there, a, such as... In the case of Cobra. Or Decepticons <laughs> or Skeletor. Or Skeletor. But then I guess also even in like He-Man sometimes like you'd have this other random bad guy show up sometimes. But there would be like one of them mm-hmm. per episode. It'd be like, oh, this week we're fighting the Vine Monster. Yes, good point. This is very complicated for uh, Yeah. Got all these factions and I don't know if it's just because it's like the first episode and you want to be like, here's a sampling tray of all the many different things we're going to be doing with this show. Yeah, maybe they knew it'd be short-lived. So, Was it short-lived? It was only like eight episodes, yeah. Oh, wow. It's like a miniseries. Yeah, exactly. Like a BBC series. <laughs> exactly. Like a BBC miniseries in every way. <laughs> every way. So uh, the trees... Uh, 
turn out to be good guys. Uh, they oh. they see that Liquidator has a pure soul, a pure aura. So oh, that's they, nice. They give him this little psychic movie of of the whole mythos. Oh. They mind meld with them and show them how the Inhumanoids, Tendril and Decompose, are the bad guys, and uh, Metlar, the the boss of the bad guys, and how the the Redwoods and the Granites fought them back in the past there, and Magnacore, I think, and uh, how they how they won. Magnacore. Magnacore is this double guy. Oh, there's. He's like a negative and positive, yeah. And and he can control Metlar because Metlar's made of metal, I guess. Uh, It's sort of like the elements of the earth. Is that what it's based on? Yeah, wood and water. Oh, just like Battle Beasts, yeah. No water, I don't think. No, I guess not. But yeah, pretty close. Things in nature and like the magnetic pull of the earth. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh huh. That's pretty good. And metal. Yeah, so we get this huge, like, prehistoric history of them. I guess that's pretty cool. I like how they're called inhumanoids, <laughs> even though there weren't humans back then. <laughs> yeah, and, like, all of them are All of them are inhumanoids. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I don't know why. Why, are, why is one group? <laughs> like, those rock guys are made of rock. Seems racist, definitely not yeah. Humans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, whatever. Just go with it. Just go with it. Yeah, it sounded cool. So it's interesting. Like it makes sense that the tree goblins turned out to be good because trees are good. Like that exactly. makes sense to me. Yes, um, they give us oxygen. And I guess rock people, rocks are I uh, fine. I guess <laughs> they're made of the earth. But then the tendril monster is like made of plants. Mm. Like are plants not also good? Like why is he evil? not as good as trees? I guess because vines are are kind of gross and weird looking. They are, He's yeah. like a vine. They're like an octopus, yeah. <laughs> okay, that checks out. And then that other <laughs> that other thing is just like, it's got scales on its body. <laughs> I, can't, I can't expand my theory to <laughs> include <laughs> that magnet thing. Like if I was going to make a, ma- that scaly guy is the magnet guy? Metlar, I Met- think, is the scaly guy. So he, oh, he represents metal. He's metal. So is Magna that supposed core. to be like chain mail sort of? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Well, Magnacore is just like kind of black and red, which I think are the uh, on a car battery, black and red, huh? When you do a ju- booster jump. Ah, and then the uh, episode suddenly comes to an end because that was the first part of a two-part show. Yeah, so which so is yeah. beyond the scope of this podcast to do two episodes. Yeah, listen, we got things to do. <laughs> so many things to do. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Liquidator explains everything to them, and then. Tendril busts in. Looks like he's going to kill them all in their headquarters. I bet he doesn't, though. He might not, no. (laughs) Wow. So I have to admit, I sort of enjoy the complicated backstory. It's really out there, but it's also fun. Yeah, good. Is that how you feel? I thought it was pretty fun, yeah. It uh, it was definitely one of these weird shows that you kind of remember from your childhood, and it was definitely the, the most disturbing. I think I remember um, a magazine article, like McLean's or Time, that said it was the most violent oh, really? of all the shows. So that really, really made me like it. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you I, remember any specific scenes that no, like, stood out? No, I don't out? think so. No? It's just, uh, I, I, think, um, I think Decompose later, I think he puts people or things in his ribcage and decomposes them. Whoa. Or turns them into zombies or something. So that's pretty disturbing. Yeah. I think people do get turned into zombies or decomposed wow. or something. Uh-huh. So. He's very scary looking. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't remember it. Like even now that I've watched it, it did. I didn't really have that reaction of like, oh right, this one. Yeah. Um, All right, maybe this wasn't a good choice, but. No, it is a good choice because <laughs> it's wild, and you remember it. Yes. Did we have any of the toys? Was there any toys? No. Maybe not because it was too short-lived. For there, them to there were some amazing toys. Yeah. Oh, there was. Um, I guess we should have looked at some of the commercials, but uh, the the trees would start. The trees were like expandable. They were like telescoping. Oh, that's so cool. It was a, they start off as a stump. You could stretch them out and uh, tendril and decompose. Were huge. I'm not sure if they were. I think they were the guys in their suits too. I think they were like. There must have been. I think they were bigger than than the GI Joes and stuff. Apparently, there was a comic too, but did it get canceled because it was too violent? Star Comics. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I don't know why it's so short. I think you know. I think Bigfoot. I don't think Bigfoot uh, went for too long either, or robotics, because I don't remember that at all. Jem <laughs> went for a long time though. I think. I think so. Feels like it. Oh yeah, look at that from the Sears catalog. Look at those, huh? Oh my God, I would have loved those toys. (laughs) Look at that. It's huge compared to that kid. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Teddy Ruxpin size. (laughs) (laughs) They're like uh, teddy bear size, but they're made of plastic. So yeah, that would have been amazing. My childhood would have been made if I had one of those. (laughs) They look pretty cool. Hmm. What else do we talk about? Um, well, uh, political ramifications of the show. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, and I ha- have to go on a feminist rant. How could I forget? There might be a little something with this show. Feminism-wise? Feminism-wise. <laughs> well, we saw two female quote-unquote characters. They did both have names. They certainly didn't speak to each other. They did not appear in the same scene. I guess they had jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one was a reporter and one was like... Someone important. Someone important who who is introducing the monster and Amber and the scientists. So they at least have status. They weren't just, I don't know, random women. Uh, But they were pretty, like, passive and needed to be saved. I mean, I guess, what do I I want? I guess I want one female member of the science team, I guess. That would have been cool, yeah. But that's asking for too much. Oh, and how about a female humanoid, inhumanoid? Oh, that would have been awesome, yeah. Tendril monster, could be a lady. Tendril could have been. Tendrils are very feminine. Yeah, (laughs) poison ivy. Exactly, but no. Yeah, weird, huh? Um, so yeah, heavily masculine dominated. <laughs> they were uh, very worried about being seen as too girly, apparently. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. I don't know. Like you read that somewhere? No. No. You're no. just assuming. I just right. assume that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder if that, if the reporter, oh, well, they were setting up a love story with the one lady. So I bet she reappears. Mm-hmm. I think she might be the daughter of the bad guy or something. Oh, right. Sure. Oh, and that's going to cause tension if he's like in love with the bad guy's daughter. Mm-hmm. What? Like a soap opera. I enjoy a good love story like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Star-crossed lovers. I wonder if the reporter does become like an April O'Neil. Like, is she always popping up? I, yeah, I hope so. I don't even know. It was nice how April on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was like pretty involved in everything. I mean, it's been a while since I watched an episode, but she seemed pretty empowered and not needing to be rescued all the time. No, yeah. Do you remember? Was, oh, yeah. No, she was always okay. getting in adventures and stuff. So mm-hmm. it would be cool if that reporter did that, but it, it seems like she just is there and needs to be rescued. Yes. So far. So far. <laughs> Maybe she'll take 
some Krav Maga lessons. And take down a Godzilla yeah. monster. <laughs> I like hey, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, chop. I assume your the levels of violence were t- to your liking. Yes, the violence report is that it's good. <laughs> a plus violence. A lot of uh, Time Magazine says <laughs> most violent <laughs> most ever. Most violent show. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of lasers, a lot of terrifying monsters destroying buildings. This is great. This is like a fever dream. If I was to create a show when I was ten, it would probably look a lot like this. Mm. Straight from a ten-year-old boy's mind. I'm surprised it didn't do better. I know it's like a cult classic. Do you think Netflix will reboot it? <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, they got a billion dollars. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Bunch of guys in giant unwieldy suits. Going into the middle of the Earth, and or a, all mo- these a movie might be good. Somehow they can get through the Earth. Yeah. Very confusing to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like no other story ever asks like, "What's just hidden in the Earth?" Like, there's lots of like, "What's in the deepest, darkest ocean?" And what's in outer space? But nobody's ever like, what if you just dug a big hole? What would you find? <laughs> yeah, those are always awesome. <laughs> I love those mole men and stuff. Yeah. The Savage Land in Marvel Comics is like this world right underneath the Oh, is there? The Earth. And oh, okay, like, well, so how come no one finds it? They didn't think Only to. Only superheroes can you find gotta it. Got to dig a yeah, hole. Exactly. All that shoveling. Speeds. Or drill. Shovels. That's what you got to invent. The auger suit. The auger. You can get down there. <laughs> yes, they have claws and drills and stuff on their hands. So how do they pick anything up or go to the bathroom or anything? They, they can't. They got to get out of there. They got to get out of their giant suits first. Well, the claw guy does all the picking up. Yeah, he's their picking up guy. If they need some coffee or something, it's the giant claw guy. Cause, yeah, so. it's got to be a special coffee cup, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> can't just... So, yeah, they're... It's built for science, not comfort. All right, suits. exactly. Pure yep. science all the time. And you got to make sacrifices for science. A lot of weird lessons to be learned from this show, I think. <laughs> yes, I don't know what the, <laughs> what the lesson is. Like, I think is part one thing is like be nice to trees because those trees were like mad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, no, it had a couple good messages: the environmental message and also the the pro government message. These people, they these guys are funded by the government. It says at the beginning. Uh, so most shows and movies, uh, the, the government's, government's kind of bad. Gone, yeah, either bad or not even anywhere uh, near. Not so. involved. Yeah, so this is kind of like the goodwill from the space races still. Mm. Whoever wrote this is uh, still has memories of the space race of the 60s mm. uh, when the government was funding science and all exploration and stuff. So Yeah, I never thought about that. That's kind of a good message. You don't hear that any, anymore <laughs> with all these corporations. Yeah, or like some like eccentric billionaire who's yeah, like, yeah. good thing they just for some exactly. reason have a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. So they can it's pull this a, off. Um, so that's pretty cool. And was the was there a message like about drilling for oil is bad I because guess. you might unearth where a monster was chained the up? Oil drilling is not very positive. <laughs> Should have only gone down one mile, not two miles. Yeah, and that's where There's things change. There be down dragons. Here. Exactly. <laughs> I'm drawing weird parallels with how in the snorks uh, that ghost was chained up. I don't know. Yeah. People are always chained up. <laughs> People were chained up a lot back then. They had those giant metal balls chained to their legs and That's stuff. That's true. 
There was I a forgot lot of about like, those. There were a lot of cartoons like that, the far side and stuff. People were chained up in dungeons. Mm. So it was, in, it was in the air. <laughs> they just don't chain people up like they used to, I don't no, think. We need more. Pokemon more that. probably never gets chained up. Pikachu never chained up a day in his life. And it shows. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to rate this episode and decide was our imagination working overtime <laughs> and to what degree? <laughs> I feel like it is very inventive, I think. I feel like someone put a bunch of work into the coming up with like all these different weird monsters and who was, was fighting who and what ancient things started and blah, blah, blah. And then on top of all that, we have a human bad guy with an eye patch. Like there's so much going on. So I got to give them props for that. And I really like the animation with the very dark chiaroscuro, if you will, shading. That looked mm-hmm. cool. It was a bit like slow and jerky, but I think to the same level as like everything else at the time. Like it wasn't especially bad. What do you think? Like when spaceships zoom around and stuff. A little cheaper than some of the shows, but there were some pretty good, pretty good sequences. Yeah, yeah. with the, the the helicopter zooming around. It's like all three D, like uh, hmm. well, not three D, like you know, two D animation, but this the spatial. You know, you could see the whole space. And I guess it's set in San Francisco, which is more work than setting it out in the desert. Like, um, I forget the name of that other show. That Mask. Was, Mask was just out in the desert. So you could just have a bunch of rocks in the background all the time. But for this, they had to mm-hmm. have the museum, have the Golden Gate Bridge and kind of. Yeah, and then it all got destroyed and everything. So yeah. it wasn't just a static background. I wonder if the rest of the episodes happen in the desert outside yeah, of San Francisco. Sure <laughs> sure <gonna> <laughs> or like in the woods, I guess. Yeah. Seems like a bunch of things happen in the woods. But I because it's like there's so much action I did keep like losing focus because I kinda go to sleep when it's a lot of action. <laughs> oh my god. So and the la- the I feel word. like if there's like one female character who was like more involved, but we saw them both in the first few minutes and then they were gone for the rest of it. And that also makes me just kind of lose interest. I don't know. Is it a six on the scale? <laughs> but I feel like in this case, my imagination was not working over time because there was so much going on that it didn't need to. You know what I mean? I do. So I do. It was insanity yeah so six just because it's not for me not for you huh but i guess for what it is maybe maybe i should be giving it more like an eight i don't know (laughs) okay i'll give it a seven that's in between those two numbers (laughs) all right (laughs) what are you gonna say (laughs) i don't know what this scale is for but i'm gonna give it a nine because you love it (laughs) it's amazing but it's not transformers or he-man so right (laughs) it's up there quite a bit but not quite perfection Mm. of Transformers. So, but yes, it has everything you want. It has violence, horrific nightmares, <laughs> and uh, end. End of list. That's what you <laughs> that, need. Those are all the things that you want. <laughs> I guess so. And yes, it's very complicated. I don't, I understood like a tenth of it back yeah. then. Yeah, maybe it's too complicated. Especially since you're seeing all these out of order, you're you know, you never see them from first to last. You're seeing just whatever you can find. So yeah, it would have been just insane. Yeah, I feel like it would have been fine with the two monsters and the one human bad guy. That's a lot of bad guys to deal with. And then maybe as the show went on, they add in like 
Mm-hmm. Oh, there was also the rock men. I don't know. It was like overwhelming. Yeah. But maybe they maybe they just kind of they lay it all out and then they slowly integrate them. I don't know. That yeah, would be the right way to do it. Quite the introduction. There would have been toy commercials going on at the same time that might have explained more. <laughs> so. Oh right. I guess you want to like sell all of the toys all at once, so everything has to be featured in one show, mm-hmm. so that oh. <laughs> you know what they are, right? Yeah. It's like. I'm, no, go- yeah, I'm going to need a tendril monster and a decomposy guy and some boulder men <laughs> and the thing with the scales on it. Yep, I don't remember what they all are, but I saw them and they looked cool. So And each scientist in their bubbly suit. Yeah. Oh, man, that would have been amazing to get. I guess there were comics, too, which would help, but uh, I never saw any of the comics. Did those come after the show? Maybe. Tie-in comics weren't the best, but oh, well. Transformers and G.I. Joe comics were the best. <laughs> they were amazing. So maybe if I had known that, I would have looked through these ones too. <laughs> we got to do, have you rewatched them? Well, spoilers. We got to do a Transformer. Yeah, we should He-Man. do some tra- Transformers. Yeah, oh, definitely. What if you find out they weren't as good as you thought they were? <laughs> I, have, I do have a box set of them, and I have watched the first few. Okay. And there are there's some pretty insane things where my imagination was working quite a bit over time. <laughs> they really cheaped out on a few things. But there's so something about them that really the robots, yeah. captured you. The robots that change into vehicles. So. Right. These guys didn't really transform, so mm, they're yeah. not pure perfection. <laughs> if they had transformed, whew, it would have been amazing. Yeah, there is something about transforming that's very cool. Well, there you have it. <laughs> if you're working on some sort of children's show right now make sure something in it transforms exactly <laughs> did watch a bit of paw patrol and they are kind of transformer like so oh really people are kind of learning there you have it well maybe more gi joe than transformers but yeah you know what else sort of transformed popples, popples. <laughs> when you said paw patrol i thought you were gonna bring up popples <laughs> i was like that's true sometimes they were rolled up in a ball Sometimes they weren't. They were, yes, the plushy version of Transformers, because when you're plushy, you can't really transform into much besides... A ball. A ball. There's no skeleton. Right. Hmm. Invertebrates. All right. I think that we've covered everything. I think we've learned a lot about ourselves and about inhumanoids. The evil that lies within. Think about it. So that wraps up this episode of Imagination Overtime. Tune in next week when we review another of your favorite cartoons from the 80s. Goodbye. Bye.